Hello friends, it's Friday, Friday, thank goodness it's Friday, and I want to tell you about a very surreal experience that I've had this week. I think this is a first for me as a wrestling fan, certainly as a British wrestling fan, and perhaps as a British person overall. Let me set the scene for you. I'm sat at my computer, I'm watching a wrestling show. This is not uncommon. However, it is unbearably hot here in the United Kingdom. Yes, you've heard that right. It's hot here in the United Kingdom. So hot, you could crack an egg on the pavement and you would get yourself some scrambled-ish real quick. Oh my word, I'm sweating my balls off. And I'm watching a show called Winter Warfare. I'm watching a show where there's snow effects and there's a caveman. I thought I'd trip balls on something here i don't know what's going on this is an absolute first for me never have i been hot watching a wrestling show that's based in somewhere cold this is entirely new and for that and for that alone i am excited for this very show welcome folks here's the wrestling podcast that's wrestling about w-r-s-t-l-i-n-g it's all of the graps but without the e but of course me and g we're not anti-e we're simply pro wrestling my name is liam this guy is gareth hey and we thank you so much for joining us here once again loads to get into this week we are fully international we're talking about impact in the usmcw in australia and two lots of chucky p and tokyo joshi pro over in japan get yourself strapped in for a cool 45 we are on it gareth where do you want to start my friend i reckon let's start over in the states with impact slammiversary 2021 their return to shows with fans there you go yeah i think that made a big difference we're seeing that across the board in the u.s you know we talked about it with rh last week fans in the building definitely makes a difference i do still think the impact building looks a little small yeah and i'm sure there's a reason for that but even with fans it still did feel a little bit small elevated the show but yeah it's still yeah not not an ideal building i think after this i think they're actually sort of going to be moving around for shows a little bit yeah i think that'll do them the world of good but hey big show here actually um this is one of the most talked about shows of the year certainly from impact's perspective because of the wwe releases that came earlier in the calendar and lots of free agents floating around as of this show we did in fact see a couple of them make their debuts among others all right gaff i'm just going to throw it over to you Give me some highlights here. What did you particularly enjoy from this show? What did you not enjoy from the show? So the opening X Division title, Ultimate oh, X Match, was was a lot of fun. I, I really like all the guys involved here. Mm. They, they all played their parts very well. So whilst I'm not necessarily super high on Rohit, for example, he brought some nice comic relief to this one. The other guys all hit some absolutely monster stuff, breathtaking stuff. What a way to kick off a a pay-per-view yeah 100 i think they've really got something with josh alexander in particular yes and i don't know if you saw from this week's impact tv but it looks like he might be being positioned to exercise option c Mm. and trade in that x division title for a shot at kenny by god omega and that's a match that i'm definitely keen to see that that's one i've not thought about being a thing but now you've mentioned it i think would be a really good match that's a biggie isn't it yeah. and the other one is the other thing coming out of this one concerns uh the finesse one chris bay mm. is also excellent and it appears that uh well a chap that we're going to be speaking about later on this uh, on this show jay white has been trying to recruit him into bullet club if this means that we're going to get chris bay in the best of the super juniors or anything if we just get him over in new japan period just yeah i'm all for that count me in yeah an exceptional talent this is a match absolutely jam-packed to really good guys so yeah. no wonder it was good stuff you know if you're not going to watch the match track down the gif of peter williams hitting that canadian destroyer off somebody's shoulders from the ultimate x structure <laughs> that was wild <laughs> absolute nonsense those destroyers man like they're overused at this point but boy oh boy do people keep finding unique ways yeah. to use them it's uh yeah it's a very fun move and nice seeing the originator of the move yeah getting getting to shine with it he can use it as much as he wants yeah absolutely it's, it's move. yeah absolutely um, so yeah this this was a really good way to start off the pay-per-view i thought yeah. um and then we had the nice surprise of uh chelsea green the former laurel van ness the hot mess making her re-debut in impact yeah and really exciting as well because we you know we spoke about uh chelsea green last week 
being involved in the Ring of Honor Women's Championship yeah, tournament. Nice. And she's here to... I really wasn't expecting her to... So whilst it made complete sense, you know, it was kind of telegraphed and made complete storyline sense. I was just like, well, surely she's in ROH, so... Yeah. But isn't this nice, man? We're in such a cool space at the second where all these companies are interacting with each other. Yeah. Everything's connected and... Yeah, it's so interesting. Anybody could turn up anywhere. Yeah. It's very, very cool. It's, it's a great, great time. Great time. So, you know, I glad to have Chelsea back in Impact, you know, where she's done some, you know, her best work, arguably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not not overwhelmed with the continuing Cardona Myers feud personally, but, you know, yeah. Hey, hey. Well, you don't have to worry about that going forward. I gather, um, I gather there's a, a slight change in direction coming for one of those men but i don't actually know if it's aired yet so i probably shouldn't say oh, interesting okay um, we'll have to talk yeah. about that off air yeah we'll talk about that off air okay elsewhere on the card we saw uh fin juice make their return to the promotion yeah uh, i th- you know i thought that was a weird one just having them come out and have like a one minute squash yeah <laughs> i think they're really trying to put over david finley ahead of the new japan usa resurgence mm. show where he's got a match against jay white where he's challenging for the never open weight championship I, I kind of think that's what they're doing here. Did like seeing Juice Robinson back in the crazy gear. Yeah. I, the Blues Brothers thing didn't really no. do it for me. One thing I've read about Juice, and I think it's totally valid, is that his gimmicks and his costume and his personas are geared towards a Japanese audience. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense because he's generally wrestling in Japan. So if I don't get it, okay, that's I don't fair get enough. it. Fair enough. But yeah. This is more the Juice Robinson that I like, to be honest yeah, with the sort okay. of flamboyant stuff. Yeah. My my feeling was that yeah, the reason for this was obviously like Finn Juice are back on US soil and it was a way to get them back into the tag title hunt like immediately by having them get a victory here. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, a bit of a weird choice, but good to see him back anyway. Uh, what else do we have? I, oh. was, I was pleasantly surprised with Chris Sabin beating Moose. Like I thought it was you know, locked in that Moose was going over here. Mate, yeah, absolutely. Um, what I wasn't surprised about was that this was bloody good. Yeah. Um, look, we, we were talking a couple of episodes ago about, you know, who from the US is going to break into the end of year list or what have you. I think somebody that people should start talking about is Moose. He's having a really good year. He's had loads of really good singles matches. He was impressive in that uh, big six man that we covered early in the year against um, Kenny and the Good Brothers. And Again, Loved his last man standing match with with Willie Mack. Yeah, he's doing really good work this year. So he's definitely somebody that should be, you know, up for consideration. Of course, we love a bit of Chris Sabin. Really cool to see him getting the win here as well. And you, these are just two guys that are flying right now, aren't they? You know, it's just cool to see Sabin healthy. I think is the main thing. Mm. He's, he's healthy. Long, long may it continue. Indeed. Yeah. I'm I'm really hoping for you know we get Alex Shelley back in the not too distant future as well though fingers crossed I did try and extract that from him in our interview if you didn't catch that a couple of episodes back you know please feel free to check it out if you think you might be interested it is fun um but yeah it was non-committal but it did, <laughs> I did get the feeling that we will see that tandem return eventually yeah hopefully it's sooner rather than later Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The tag title match, just it felt like the belts were really hot-shotted back onto the Good Brothers here. Yeah. I think, you know, is probably complement the stuff going on in AEW. I think so too, yeah. So you've got two sets of tag champs, you've got the belt collector. Yeah, so, you know, I I thought uh, Violent by Design, I thought it felt a little bit soon to to take it away from them. Yeah, I totally agree, mate. Absolutely. It really felt like they were in the process of building something you know they're relatively new stable and they needed a bit more time to definitely to build that up yep couldn't agree more so yeah i I don't know if that was the right decision um w morrissey over eddie edwards continuing his uh his his win streak in in impact what are you making of him so far i think it's the you know his his run here is the best he's ever looked but he's still not doing it for me (laughs) I just think he needs to talk more because I've mm. seen some really good promos out of him in Impact. And, you know, if that's his strength, fine. You can kind of see why the thing with Enzo worked, right? In, yeah. In, in WWE. They, they complemented each other quite well. And it's difficult where, you know, he's fine, but he's not exceptional in the ring. But I do think he's a good talker. So maybe that's something they can lean on more. Yeah. But yeah. Just going back to that tag title match, we did get the debut of No Way. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is not laughing at the man i quite like no way jose but it, i just found it funny that he was just called no yeah. way <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah i mean he's a really fun opening match guy you know we went to an nxt show over here in the uk a couple of years back and he was on that and i remember enjoying him quite a lot I do think he's he's a good fun guy to have around. Mm. Not an obvious pickup, but no. let's let's see. Willing to give him a shot and see what happens. It like he's somebody who I think can go between you know the ropes, bell to bell. Like he's he's a good worker, but he's just saddled with a bit of a rubbish gimmick. He's, he's got a really rubbish name now. Like, how yeah. do you even address a rubbish it name? Rubbish gimmick. Yeah, you're gonna sound like you're talking to yourself constantly. You know what I mean? No way. What am I? What am I? having a round what's going on here um okay let's leave that speaking of surprise debuts mm. impact knockouts title match we love ourselves some diona Perazzo here on the wrestling podcast we really do but we also love some thunder rosa yes and she turned up when i was mentally going through my little rolodex of potential contenders here thunder rosa was not one of them but mm. i was boy was i glad to see her like and right. her gear looks incredible and yeah just a really good match and just kind of further cements diana Perazzo's title reign you know you've you've got a, at this point you could argue she's possibly the if not one of the best knockouts champions of all time yeah, and I really hope they position her as the female belt collector because she's got the match at Triple Mania coming up mm-hmm. uh, where it's title versus title against Fabio Pache, so she could get a second belt there. And I gather she's also going to be debuting in the NWA soon as well. Yes. So more opportunities to collect belts. I'm all for it. I think she's great. She's got such excellent presence. Why not? Why not go down that route? I just don't know who convincingly wrestles that belt away from her at this point yeah. are they going to be prying it from her cold dead hands at some point well, do they do they go the aw route and you do diana versus Britt baker yeah that would that would be an interesting match one That's i would like to see yeah yeah exciting stuff man it's it's crazy at the second it's so crazy everybody just turns up everywhere mm. and so yeah and mickey james turning up here was a nice little surprise post-match because that's who i think a lot of us had maybe pegged I thought it was kind of nailed on that she was going to be the one to answer Diana's challenge. Mm, yeah, definitely. But that's cool. It sets up more stuff for the future. The relationship with NWA apparently looks pretty good as well. Open borders, man. Let's see. Let's see what happens. I mean, who's the NWA women's champion? I think it's Camille, who's sort of quite a big powerhouse um, aligned with Nick Aldis. Could be interesting yeah. as well. Yeah. We, I think we're probably going to have to check in on Empower when that show happens. Agreed. And, yeah. You know, maybe the next time there's a big nwa show more generally it'd be good to check in because i'm yet to watch any of their their shows okay yeah no absolutely we'll make a note to do that right let's go to the main event uh kenny omega kenny bargard omega (laughs) against sammy callahan for the impact world title it's a no dq match went just shy of 30 minutes and it was bonkers what did you make of it yeah this was really good um i think most of us think of Kenny Omega as just being this great, you know, five star plus match worker, you know, technical classics, but he's really got a flair for working these very violent, you know, gimmick matches as well. I just think something's in the water this year. Everybody wants to do a death match, you know, yeah. it's just crazy. <laughs> Everybody's doing death matches this year and well, Kenny's done a couple of them now. Yes. So, yeah. The, so <laughs> I enjoyed the, the pizza cutter coming out to play. Oh my word. Play pizza cutters. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, this was, this was crazy. There were some absolutely mental spots in this match. You know, so generally speaking, I'm not necessarily a huge Callahan fan, but you know, I thought this leaned into his strengths. Um, you know, he seemed smart in this match, having stashed various weapons around the ring, like having the barbed wire wrapped chair hidden under the stairs mm. and, you know, things like that. I thought it was, it was neat little touches here. Um, you know, but as far as wild no DQ brawls go, you know, this is, this is a really strong one. Do you think we're allowed to have Kenny Omega on any of our end of year lists? Because well, you know, stuff outside of the E. It would have to just be based on all of his work outside of outside of uh, AEW, I guess. Yeah, that's on the strength of that, does he qualify? Well, let us know, know, people. Let's see by the end of the year. Triple Mania match against Andrade coming up as well. 
<laughs> so, I mean, his Triple Mania match last year was... Yeah, man. Yeah, Laredo Kid. Yeah. Who I, I, I want to see more of. We... Well, yeah, you will, because I, I just read just before we came on the air that uh, Laredo Kid is apparently going back to Impact to do some more oh, stuff. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. He gets about, doesn't he? There's MLW, he does a bit of AEW, GCW, but yeah, apparently he's going to be uh, with Impact and quite possibly at uh, Bound for Glory as well. Nice. Yeah. I think that's going to be an interesting show. So that's coming from Las Vegas, I believe. So, yeah. you know, back on the road in a new city. Uh, the advert showed the logos for AEW, you know, New Japan, AAA. Yeah. So, it's yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a show, I think. There you go. And then after the match concluded, we get the impact debut of the aforementioned Switchblade Jay White further beating down the forbidden door. There's no forbidden door. Forbidden Doors a dot to you. Um, just crazy times, man. So Jay White over in Impact, he's got this big match coming up at uh, New Japan Resurgence, uh, which is in the US, as we, as we mentioned earlier. I think it's really cool to see him here. Does it mean that we get Kenny Omega versus Switchblade? It certainly feels that way. Mm, which is a, a big match if you know the men's history. Indeed, I believe I'm right in saying that the last time they wrestled, Switchblade beat Kenny Omega for the belt, even, which is crazy. And, you know, we've got a belt collector here. And Switchblade has a belt. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm intrigued. Does he get another one to add to the collection? When does this storyline conclude? That's what I want to know. There's, yeah, there's just lots of stuff yeah, happening in the sort of you know wrestling universe at the moment it's just like how do you neatly wrap this up in a satisfactory way you know yeah i'm glad i'm not having to make those decisions because i just don't know <laughs> i don't know how i do it in many ways it feels like it's all leading towards all out the AEW show and that's kind of the infinity war of this particular <laughs> storyline <laughs> where we start to wrap things up um but yeah it's crazy there's an awful lot to do because it you know i'm assuming i guess once kenny drops the AEW belt like then the kind of house of cards crumbles and like the other belt starts to slip through his fingers as well yeah that's how i do it It'd be a domino effect and you know he just goes on a massive losing streak from there and then maybe disappears for a while um because you know i think he's earned a rest doesn't he yeah, absolutely <laughs> right okay so what would you um what would you give this one overall enjoy it uh yes so i know when we've talked about some impact stuff before you know i thought there was some good in-ring work here but you know nothing nothing really like that's gonna stay with me for a long time you know some some fun spots and some matches it but it did feel really nice having crowd back you know it felt a bit more energized but it did feel more like it's building towards bigger and better things more so than being a great standalone show sure that makes sense it's interesting given that it's one of their biggest shows of the year yeah so I, I think I think you know again it's going to be I think they're looking to have Bound for Glory now be you know a real wild one. I think that I makes tell. sense, you know, because if this is going to be the annual debuts reveals <laughs> kind of show, which it feels like it is, maybe that's just how it has to go. Yes. You start off new stories of Slamiversary as opposed to just ending them. So yes. yeah, maybe you're right. There we go. Good stuff from Impact. Go out of your way to watch the OMX match. The the knockouts title and the uh, world title matches, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good stuff there. Okay, let's uh, make our way down to Australia where we have Melbourne City Wrestling's Winter Warfare show. Yes, indeed, Winter Warfare. And as I said in the intro, I was watching this show just, just so hot. No fan up in the office, just sweating. And there's snow everywhere on this show. It's crazy. It was a really unique experience for a Brit, that's for sure. And it 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 can and does uh, snow in Victoria and Australia this time of year. Oh, so man. you know, so MCW for a year were my sort of home promotion, so to speak, when I was living out in Victoria in Australia. So you know, the once a month or so, I would uh, travel down from Ballarat to the Thornbury Theatre for MCW. Um, and I can say in the winter months, when you're living in houses with no double glazing, no central heating and tin roofs, and it's like 10 degrees outside, you bloody feel it. Like, <laughs> I, I've never I've never been as cold as living through a, a Victorian winter. Really? Really? 
gosh that's crazy wow yeah it's funny isn't it i just always associate australia with being hot that's it you know up in seasons up in you know like northern queensland yeah it's it's beautiful year round wherever they film home and away it's (laughs) there are no there are no winter specials on that show it's always hot everyone's always surfing so yeah i i I don't miss those winters but we do i imagine you do probably miss attending live mcw because this is a a really good little promotion absolutely yeah Yeah. and it's a you know lovely lovely venue the thornbury theater and there's a really great bar slash bottle shop uh like three doors down that i used to love uh popping into post pre and post show what was it called is it carwin sellers i can't remember my memory is really bad but it was it was a really good little bar if you're based in Australia and you know what it's called, tweet us. We want to know. We want to know. All right. Great stuff here. Again, really fun. I've spoken a few times about how much I'm enjoying the Aussie scene. This is one of my fresh discoveries, really, for this year. And it's this was another really fun show. Opened up, interestingly, with the MCW World Heavyweight title match. So our old pal Adam Brooks was defending against Caveman Ugg, who had an absolutely bananas entrance with snow flying everywhere and if you haven't seen caveman look him up you know his entrance is really cool he's got a big skull on his head he looks awesome and a big sort of furry cape (laughs) he can go man yeah he he really can i thought when i was watching him i think because he wrestles in what you describe as sort of a modern heavyweight style he's pretty agile and moves around pretty quickly he reminded me of a blend of samurjo and necro butcher uh, okay i was gonna liken him a bit to a rusev yeah 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 there's plenty there yeah or, sure. or now miro should i say this was a really fun match i really enjoyed this match great opener yeah um, hell of an opener i've i'm thinking about why i enjoy the australian scene so much and yes there's loads of great wrestling and yes there's crowds so that's a big part of it but i think an element of it is because it kind of reminds me of 2018 2019 when you and i were going to loads and loads of live shows here in the uk with crazy crowds and insane matches Mm. and it's the most similar flavor out there to to that so i think it's maybe almost like a slight nostalgia for pre-covid times in many ways you know that's that's what i'm getting aside from it just being really good action but this was one of those matches where i thought god i would have loved to have been there live for this one absolutely this, this was a lot of fun i think adam brooks has got a really unique charisma to him and it could kind of work as a heel and it could work mm, as a face. Definitely. So he's really enjoyable. Um, and he sort of looks and feels every bit the main eventer in MCW. Yeah. So he managed to retain here, um, you know, and he's just beaten a who's who of the Australian wrestling scene in yeah. this title run, you know, Slex, Robbie Eagles. Danny Psycho. And now Ugg. So, you know, who's who's next? Difficult to see, man. Difficult to see because it, it's... It's really interesting. There was a bit of a thread on this show because you've got Brooks, Kellyanne and Slex that are all Ring of Honor bound. And this is public knowledge. They mention it throughout the show. They've all been signed, but just due to uh, travel restrictions based on the global pandemic, they're not able to go over to the States and debut for ROH. So you get the sense there's a timer with all of these, all of these wrestlers, Mm. you know, Brooks and Kellyanne both have titles. And so it's really a case of, well, who's going to wrestle it off them before they leave? With Slex, he's got a different storyline where he's trying to leave MCW in as good a position as humanly possible. And we'll get on to his storyline in a little bit, but that's a really interesting one. But he's up against it. He is a race against the clock. I quite like that sense of urgency uh, across these three wrestlers. It's a really good way to use guys that the audience know are leaving and keeping them connected because i do think there's a sense of where if somebody's going they're sort of they're almost not really involved anymore yeah. you know, they're sort of slightly adjacent to the the body of the show well kind Whereas- of like how once progress guys started getting swept up by nxt uk exactly they kind of right. felt like progress adjacent rather than being like really part of the show they were exhibition matches yeah as opposed to canon almost that's what it felt a bit like but yeah they, they've done a really good job of that here and i enjoyed it a lot so yeah go out your way to check that match in particular the brooks versus caveman Ugg. i really enjoyed that i uh, just want to shout out as well that caveman Ugg does these really cool like spinning chops mm. to the neck they're sort of like what kenta kabashi used to do but with like a, a bit more flair to it like a jump and a you know he looks like a big caveman doing it basically <laughs> it's it was really fun i love the dynamic of this match so it was, it was great uh lots of good stuff throughout the card actually i'll just gloss over a few bits and bobs 
Royce Chambers, the airbender, is somebody that I think is going to do big things as soon as restrictions allow him to do so. Uh, he had a good match against a bloke called Gore, who was absolutely jacked to the gills. Apparently he enjoys a particular type of pornography. Um, I think that's his thing. Um, okay, that's new. Not seen that before. Let's let's give it a go. <laughs> that that was fun. I really like Royce, and you know the main man to cast the man. Put us on to him, and I, I think he's a good yeah. follow for anybody who hasn't seen his work already. He reminds me a bit of Pac in a way, um, but with a pretty kind of laid back a demeanor and attitude. That's kind of his thing. So I think his future's real bright, isn't it? Big time, big time, absolutely. He's somebody that you know, if he could just get booked by like a PWG or somebody, he just needs to be mm. in the world. But you know, my hope is that we see him a bit in DDT um, yeah. before that happens. That would be really nice. That would be really nice. Uh, we talked about Kellyanne earlier. She defended her MCW uh, women's title against Delta. Again, really fun match. Kellyanne is a really good talker. Uh, I think ROH are onto a real winner here with the, the three that they've picked up uh, from MCW. These are three really top-tier talents. I'm excited to see them kind of explode onto the world scene. There was a three-way title match for the MCW tag team titles. And I have to talk about this because it plays into what went on in the main event. So we had the Natural Classics. Uh, they were defending against the Mile High Club and the Pariah. And it was a really interesting three-way match because the Mile High Club were basically involved. One member was involved for essentially the entire match. And that was kind of the story. The Natural Classics barely got involved. Um, they only jumped in right at the end and swept up the kind of absolutely exhausted member of the Mile High Club and got the kind of relatively easy victory for them. And I was watching it thinking, this is interesting. You know, they, well, they've certainly been booked to look like stars here, but it was a really uniquely formatted three-way. This plays into the aftermath of the main event. So the main event match was the newly minted, although he didn't earn it, he was handed it, MCW Inter-Commonwealth champion Rocky Monero, who could well be my new favourite heel, and he was defending against uh, the business, Slex, who's just fantastic. If you haven't seen Slex, check him out. He's really, really bloody good. This was a really fun kind of heavyweight match. Rocky Monero has just got the best shit to grin. Like he's just <laughs> like, <laughs> and does all the old school heel stuff, you know, yeah. like abdominal stretches where he's grabbing the legs. And <laughs> he's just great. It was so much fun to watch him just be an absolute miss thrill ted oh man absolutely um but the storyline going into this was that rocky has kind of recognized that everybody's leaving and actually there's a pretty clear route to the top so he's been handpicking opponents he's just been beating guys he you know wrestling guys he knows he can beat and Slex kind of called him out on it and hence we had this match here there was all sorts of shenanigans at the end mm -hmm. and uh ref bumps galore and eventually we had a run-in from the Pariah, who I mentioned earlier, from the three-way tag team match. And as a result, uh, Rocky re retained the Inter-Commonwealth title. After the belt, uh, Royce came in to try and uh, save Slex. Even the odds. To, to little avail. And then the Natural Classics, who were also in that three-way belt, turned up. And they cleared the ring. Uh, you know, the heels retreated up to the ramp and then they turned on Slex as well. And they, they poor old Slex. Yeah, poor old Slex. They, they joined Rocky and the Pariah. And the commentary pointed this out that this is why, in that three way tag team title match, those two teams did not interact. They didn't touch, not once. You know, you know, and we're so used to seeing that, you know, where guys wrestle and they beat the shit out of each other. And then later in the night, they're all of a sudden yeah. friends. They're like, well, why did you beat each other up? It's always such a weird thing in wrestling, isn't it? And it really, it was just such a nice bit of storytelling. I was like, oh, that's why that match was like that. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Like it was the penny so drops. gratifying. Sorry, so, so, I think I conflated a word there. It was so gratifying um, to look back on that and be like, oh, okay, I get it now. So yeah, just really cool stuff. Uh, eventually a couple more guys came out to help um, Slex and it looks like we're going to have a big five on five for the next show this is a really hot angle to finish the show yeah, and again definitely reminded me of when we used to be at the ballroom man where you know progress shows when everything would go a bit crazy at the end and you kind of walk to the tube like oh god what's going to happen next time so it, it was a very similar vibe to me so i really mm, enjoyed it. Mm. yeah i, I think i've you... spoken for ages there what did you think <laughs> no it was it was another goodie that um, was a monologue <laughs> sorry it made you know like and again like by having that in big 
show ending angle like that it makes sense why the world heavyweight title match opened up the show because i did think that was a little bit curious you know i was like oh why is this why is this opening things up that's that's odd but yeah it made it it cleared up all that so it'll be interesting to see who the fifth man is for Slex's team going into that next show indeed yeah great stuff going on in australia man you know we've covered pwa black label a bit this is our second time of mcw i think we should definitely check out some of the other promotions down there so if you know of one that we should be checking out do let us know but yeah really really fun stuff really enjoyed this one if you want to track down a really good slacks match he had a singles match with okada back in 2018 that kicked ass that i i recommend tracking my down. word my word um okay we should point out as well that both of these shows are available on fight tv should you wish to check them out and i certainly encourage you to do so I think you could also find the uh, Melbourne City Wrestling Show on their Vimeo account as well. If you just go to their Twitter, it's at mcitywrestling. You should be able to find all the details there, but wholeheartedly recommended. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. Okay, let's take a quick break, and then we're heading over to Japan. We move. And we're back. So in this half, we're moving over to Japan. So let's start with the Tokyo Joshi Pro night one of the Tokyo Princess Cup. This starts off, I believe it's the eighth time that they've run this tournament. So it's a single elimination. And we had four matches in the sort of opening rounds here. So we had the headlining bout being uh, Miyu Yamashita taking on now Kakuta. And then we had a couple of, as well as the four singles matches, we also had they opened with a four on three handicap match and then we had an eight eight person tag team match after that as well so yeah a pretty like a short sharp sweet show i would say a good little start to the tournament much like the impact show that we talked about earlier maybe not the like top top tier in you know when you think how good tokyo joshi has been this year in terms of in-ring quality not to say any of this was bad but it just uh, compared to how good some of their stuff has been, this felt like a little bit of a of a step back. Um, I did really enjoy the two opening opening big tag matches, um, and I'm looking for I'm really looking forward to some of the potential matchups a bit further in this tournament, and just really pleased to see Yamashita getting the win here and, and moving forward. I would be thoroughly surprised if she goes on to to win the tournament because that does tend to be the case. Anytime you've got a a champion in a tournament, they never win the thing. Yeah, (laughs) I don't disagree. Yeah, they're they're probably a victim of their own successes here in many ways because they've just set a very, very high bar. But as you say, it's it's not like this is bad. Far from it. Um, It's very good. It's a nice opener, a warm-up to what is surely going to be a very, very good tournament indeed. Clearly, we haven't seen everybody yet, so difficult to make any proper predictions. But who have you got your eye on thus far? I I think my pick to to win is either um, Kamiyu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, Beth's pick, isn't it as well? Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Um, Ito Ito Chan, perhaps. Yeah. Or maybe um, Pro Wrestling Noah. <laughs> Kari Noah, Pro Wrestling Noah. Yeah, yeah, it could well be. I think Miyu Watanabe is probably another one that's got as good a chance as anyone. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? There's an awful lot of people, you know, um, Mayumi, gosh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of people that do have some steam behind them at the second. So, you know, you could see Mizuki or Mizuki. you could see uh, Rika Tatsumi, Shoko Nakajima. Like, yeah. I mean, any of those names could conceivably win it. Yeah, absolutely. That's very cool. Well, I think what we'll do is we're just going to keep on sort of littering the podcast with updates on this tournament and indeed the stardom five-star GP once that gets going as well. You know, we don't want to dedicate sort of whole halves of the show to it, but we'll just kind of keep you going and keep giving you thoughts. Like we're doing here. So so night two has aired. So I think pretty much once I finished editing the podcast and got it, got it up and live, I'll probably be watching night two of this. Excellent. Well, that'll be an hour's time then. Perfect. Um, All right, lovely stuff. Let's head on over to Ichigaya Square to see our pals at Chalky P. What a back-to-back pair of shows. Mate, they've been bringing the heat recently, right? You know, they had the Oak Tag League, they had the finals, they had this Ironman match between Brooks and Lulu, and of course, we've got the 
uh, Fujita Hagane match as well to come. So yes. Chuck are probably been loading things up, man. They're kicking out the where gems. They, where do they go from here? My word, how do they top it? Um, okay, let's start off with Choco Pro 136 then. So this was really built around the Asia Dream tag team title match. It was the best bros. It was another one-match show. Another one-match show. The the true Ironmen of professional wrestling, the best bros, they don't do anything short of half an hour. They can't get out of bed for matches uh, less than <laughs> half an hour. It's not happening. Um, Balianaki and Mesa they were going up against Tropical Wild, which is Saki and Yuna Mizumori or Yunaman, uh, who were the winners of the Oak Tag League. This one was about 40 minutes or so. The usual frenetic energy that you get in these crazy, crazy Asia Dream Tag Team Championship matches. G Money, talk me through it. I'm never convinced that they're as as long as the uh, they say they are. Like I just don't believe. You know, this match just went by in the blink of an eye. They fly by. Is I think is possibly one of the highest compliments you can give. You know, a forty odd minute match is that it didn't feel any anything like a 40 minute no. minute contest no i think that's the thing that choco pro tag team matches can do that like other matches can't is because how easy it is for the third or four and fourth person to kind of get involved in the action and you know it's spilling out the windows and into the street and everything you know there's just so many different things that can be can be done um you know the double team moves and all the kind of stuff that kind of keeps the pace just so so high yeah well it's the environment isn't it you know they've got a much smaller surface area to work with and i think as a result more happens you know people are flying around people are moving more quickly because they don't have so much distance to cover i do think that plays a a part in it like if we were to watch this match in a ring i suspect it would feel very different different kettle of fish wouldn't it you know, I think if it was 40 minutes, it would still be, I'm sure it would still be very good, but it'd probably feel a bit more like 40 minutes just because I think there's that much more distance and I mm. think that does play a, play a role. There's yeah, crazy just, stuff here. Just so little time where it's just people, you know, on the mat selling. No, it's frenetic. It really is. And they, <laughs> they look exhausted afterwards as well. Oh my goodness, yeah. Um, I thought especially uh, Saki and, uh, and Unimon yeah. both just looked like they'd been... Th- drag through a hedge backwards by the end yeah. of this thing yeah, yeah yeah i thought they were pretty convincing there were a couple of near falls that i bit on i really did yeah think, same man the, these belts are in jeopardy here because i wrote a, an article about this match for itrwrestling.com ahead of the match and kind of did a bit of a deep dive into their history so they've only faced off once previously in tag team competition uh, which was in the oak tag league which went to a draw all four of these people have tangled in singles matches and both and you know Saki and you know Mizumori had sort of winning records so I kind of thought it was pretty much a luck that they were going to win here and as well as being two-time holders of the Asia Dream tag team titles as well I just thought yeah yeah here we go is is the title change they're not going to make it to 200 days and they're going to make May cry who can beat the best bros that's what I want to know I'm not sure I've got an answer for you. Difficult to say, isn't it? I, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Emmy knows who, you know, in her head, like from day one, she, she's known who's gonna be the one to dethrone mm. Best Bros. And I've just been really enjoying their, the internal storyline of Best Bros, where they get their, their kind of hubris is growing. Like they're yeah. getting more and more convinced of their greatness yeah. with with time, getting the fancy matching outfits, you know, just being so, so sure of themselves. And I'm almost excited to see them drop it now, even though I love them being the tag champs, because I'm really interested to see what direction their characters take once they're no longer champions, because who are they once they're not champions? Well, I'm fearful of this, because I feel like if Aki turns here, he won't come on the podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And we just don't want that. Also, we need to speak to May because she she wanted to come on and do her own solo. Yeah, so solo May. Speak to her before that goes that goes down as well. Oh man, yeah, I know what you're saying it's really exciting. I can't imagine Choco Pro without the best bros as tag champions. That just it almost feels wrong at this point. Yeah, doesn't it? it feels wrong. I was thinking, you know, what'd be really cool at some point is to see a, a different promotion, the wrestlers in the ring, bring in best bros for. A period of time maybe a tournament or something 
And their whole thing could be that other teams can't work them out because they don't use the ropes. Like everybody else is so used to, so kind of uh, acclimatized to using the ropes, but the best bros do it all kind of in the middle of the ring with all their crazy doubles. And it's just, it's just so foreign to these teams that they they have a lot of success with it and also it could be their Achilles heel as well you know the right team could try and get them to move around a little bit more try and get them running off the ropes and tire them out a little Mm. bit and I think there's some really compelling stories from them moving from the mats to the ring eventually so that'd be really interesting to see if it ever did go down absolutely so yeah interesting to see what's next for the best bros uh, after another successful title defense here Indeed. Okay, Choco Pro one three seven. Oh my god. Oh my word. <laughs> the the culmination to what I think has been twenty 2020 twenty slash twenty best ongoing story in wrestling. It's it's well up there, isn't it? You know, I, we were talking before we started recording here. If you like long term storytelling, long term booking, and also you like great action. There's no reason why you shouldn't be watching Choco Pro. I get that it's not in a ring and it looks and feels different to the wrestling that we're all used to, but man, just give it some time. It's so, so good. And this is the perfect example of that because this was a banger of a match, but just glorious storytelling throughout. Wonderful stuff. Mm. This was just so good and so emotional as well. Absolutely. I I think if you you know, weren't familiar with the story leading in. This is still a very kind of fun match to watch, Mm. but it doesn't have that beating heart to it without knowing, you know, the steps of the way that have led us to this match here. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So this was a 30-minute Ironman match. Chris Brooks against Lulu Pencil, the leader of the Pencil Army, of which Brooks was briefly a part of earlier this year. Can't believe he betrayed us. Yeah, I mean, he's such a trustworthy we, character. We here in the Pencil Army, we're, we're very disappointed. <laughs> but yeah, this was this was really, really good stuff. So the story really was that Lulu, you know, just can't win. You know, she's got all the heart and all the guts and all the effort behind her, but she just can't get a win. And certainly not against Brooks, at the very least. And, you know, Brooks went 2 up relatively quickly. Yeah. With some crazy spots, like he slammed Lulu into a table, which did not budge. I was like, "Oh man!" Yeah, that kind of spinning suplex on into the table, propped up against the window, looked yeah. horrible. And there's a huge size difference there. Like Chris Brooks is somewhere in the region of ten foot, and <laughs> <laughs> and, and Lulu's far shorter than that. And man, he just threw her around, didn't he? Good lord! Yeah, uh, you know, just really, really, just could take advantage here like even attempting to like pin her against the ceiling at one point yeah he had a pressed against the ceiling which and referee may was having none of i just thought something that was really strong in this match was how how vocal and how passionate everybody else in the room was that really added to the match i thought you know the rest of the choco pro contingent at one point he uh chris brooks beat up che who's just minding her own business presumably <laughs> and you know, he, he did lots of really dastardly things yeah. that would upset the Choco Pro universe. Like well, he slammed the- Che onto Lulu at one point. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, he pulled down the Choco Pro sign. Yeah, and was wrapped, tearing down all the um, all the Choco bouquets. Yeah, which everybody I could see in the background sort of scary to put back. <laughs> it's <laughs> important. It is important. Um, and things like that. He was just so dastardly in this. He's despicable, really. Um, <laughs> I did just, I just loved it so much when Lulu managed to just slam the metal door, sliding door on his on his arm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that commentary had to go really quiet. So they basically spilled outside of the room onto the street. And Aki was on commentary and said something to the effect of, we can't really shout out here. And he was just whispering the whole time. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't catch that. So that's why all of a sudden the noise completely dropped. Because <laughs> that's, you know, one, one thing you have to work with um, if you're a Chucky P fan is just trying to figure out the right volume. And often I'm just up, upping it and downing it because, uh, you know, I listen to everything or watch everything with headphones on, generally speaking. So, yeah, I've, I've got to be mindful of wanting to hear past the age of 50. And, Good rule uh, of thumb is just turn it down if you see Che. Yeah, that is a great rule of thumb. Yeah, absolutely. Um, say hello, low, 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 low. 
Um, but you know, she's great. I love Che. But yeah, this was wild, man. They did some crazy, crazy stuff. But the turning point, arguably, came uh, around the 25-minute mark. And all of a sudden, th- this was already really good. But And Lulu was showing such heart and such mm-hmm. fire, but nothing she was doing was getting there. You know, she had a couple of close attempts at pinfalls. She had a couple of close attempts at submissions using Brooks's octopus stretch as much as anything. But you know, you didn't think she was going to win. And then at 25 minutes, with five minutes to go, all of a sudden, somebody just turned this one up and we just went crazy for five minutes. And I bit on every single near fall. I was, it was, I felt, I described this as, this is a football one, so you're not going to get it. But this is, this is proper away stand scenes. You know, when you're, you're in the away stand and your team is winning, it's a crazy, crazy feeling. And this is what this was, you know, I was buying on everything. I was jumping out of my seat, which is, again, is a nightmare if you're wearing headphones that are attached to the computer. It, it was just so exciting. And yep. she was getting closer and closer yeah, and closer. Every time. Man. You didn't think she was going to do it. And then she bloody well goes and does it and Mate, gets, a, she, gets a three. When she got that pinfall, it was the best moment. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was so excited for her. And look, she lost. Okay, she lost 3-1, I think it was in the end. Fine. But that wasn't the point here. The point no. here was that she she won. She got a fall, a pinfall on Chris Brooks, which and is massive, a, which is huge. And as a result, in the post match, earned his respect. Yeah, at long last. Yeah, you know she's a wrestler now in his eyes. Yeah, you know beforehand he was like, "You're you're not a wrestler, you're a writer." And they sat on the deck, and she's got an ice pack on the back of her yeah, head. Yeah. Oh, oh my god! Like that um, when she hit her head on the wooden floor, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I yeah. was really worried for her. So if you haven't seen that, Brooks hit her with a absolutely perfect shotgun drop kick, and Lulu took the bump just on the 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 edge of the mats, and so everything just, but her head was it hit yeah. the mat. So she she hit hard, but fair play, you know, she did the damn thing. But you know, she's nursing that. And you know he sort of almost kind of beckons her over and yeah. slightly gives her a hug and it's like it, it was it was really nicely done because it wasn't really overt, it wasn't really gushing, it was just kind of quiet and real, and it was mm. just really nicely done. Now, that was the point where I turned it up because I yeah. really wanted to hear yeah. what they were saying. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Like my just... my TV was at like max at that point. I was like, what? What's happening? It was beautifully done, you know. And he said, you know, you did great. You're a wrestler. And yeah. They shook hands. And then the ultimate tonic to, to that particular moment is that Brooks then returns and they have a one-on-one game of Jankin. Um, <laughs> I love that instead of the usual little pictures they use on the Jankin board, it was like eight by 10 glamour shots of both of them. Indeed, absolutely, just so. And <laughs> <laughs> and, and Lily Bloody won as yeah. well, which was just a really sort of explosive Such a feel good. of joy, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, the way Chocobro always finishes, finish with the song. That's it. One thing I do want to say, though, in Lulu's defense, is if you're wrestling somebody that's 10 foot tall on a 10 foot mat, that's not very fair because they can reach the ends of the mat from, from wherever they are, every yeah. position they're in. You know, he's like the big hand on a clock. That's what he looked like on this. He could just get a rope break, as it were, from anywhere. So she, she was up against it. But look, man, that was just special. It really was. Yeah, with no shame, I had a Sinead O'Connor-esque, nothing compares to you, single tear rolling down my <laughs> rolling down my che- cheek post-match. I was just so oh, happy. Man. You and me both, mate. Yeah, that was top stuff. Top, top, top draw stuff. There you go, my friends. Chalky P bringing the heat. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Tell us what you think. We really want to hear about it. Um, and I think that pretty much wraps all the shows we we're going to talk about this week. Don't worry, we've got loads coming up next week. Some crazy shiz going down. So, New Japan Wrestle Grand Slam, they're back in the dome. Man, they're having some bad luck at the second, aren't they? Oh, dear. So, if you haven't heard the news, Kota Ibushi has unfortunately been diagnosed with aspiration pneumonia. He's off all the shows, apart from the dome show, and they're going to announce whether or not he can compete. He's set to be in the main event, challenging Shingo Takagi. Just another really tough one for New Japan, who have just had a plethora of bad luck episodes this year and the year before, for that matter. We really hope Kota gets well soon. Um, you know, everybody loves Kota Ibushi, don't they? So fingers crossed he's better soon. And also, whilst we're talking about injuries real quick, 
uh, Yoshiki Inamura from Pro Wrestling Noah. Terrible news. Mate, if you've seen the gifts, he's the dude that's flipping all those crazy big tractor tires with ease. Uh, unfortunately, he suffered a, a bit of a bad injury as well. Do you know more about that one? Yeah, so he was taking part in um, a 0-1 match and broke his, I believe, his left fibula um, during that match. And yeah, we don't know. There's no sort of timetable for his return at the moment, but all we can do is wish him a speedy recovery. Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers yeah, he's, crossed. He's quick, quickly become, I think, one of our favorites in you know in the Noah roster. No doubt. And yeah, hate to see him out. Yep, 100%. But yep, so we will be covering the Dome Show. Lots of good matches. If Kota is fit, then he'll be against Shingo. You've got Jeff Cobb versus Okada. You've got Robbie Eagles versus El Desperado. Uh, tag team title match between Sonata and Naito against uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi. And loads of other fun stuff as well. So it's going to be a fun show, I'm sure. We're also we're kind of on the fence about what the second or third show is that we're going to cover. We're looking at doing GCW Homecoming just because I think we're both... Super intrigued to see what Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona looks like. A murder, I expect. Yep, can't wait to see that. So I suspect we'll be covering that one, or at very least that match. And if we've got time, we're going to try and fit in Camp Leapfrog's tag title tournament as well. So loads of good stuff on the bubble for next week. Hey, folks, if you like the interview episodes, we've got some really exciting ones coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. So do keep an eye on our Twitter. That's at WrestlingPod. That's Wrestling without the E on Twitter and Instagram. Easiest way to find us is if you go to wrestlingpod.com. Again, that's wrestling without the E. You can find all the links you'll need, links to listen, personal Twitters, all of that good stuff. And I think, G-Money, that pretty much wraps us up for this week. So, folks, hope you enjoyed the show. We've loved having your company. Do come and have a chat with us online. In the meantime, stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the grabs. 